You're listening to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Welcome to the Bags and Platt Podcast, March 31st, 2021. Platt, 10 years ago, my wife and I had these two babies come out of her stomach. They're 10 years old today. Happy birthday, Grace and Ryder. Probably the fastest 10 years of of my life, but it is uh it's a great day for them. Looking forward to this show. Platt, how you been, buddy? Dude, happy birthday to your kids. Double digits. That's a big deal. That that's like oh that's a big number. Exactly. It's the number you want to be in soccer. No, no. Messi. Um <laughs> it's gonna be a good birthday cake with a big ten on it tonight, I'll tell you. You only well, have to get one cake though. And you got it you have to tell our audience what 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 one of the gifts is because it's something we've been talking about yes so this is the deal when you live in this area there's a lot of teams to choose from and being a kid is being a kid and you basically ride the hot team so my son no matter what i tell him i don't really push him to root for anybody but he's a yankee fan but he is a brooklyn nets fan and as Platt said the other day to me offline, he goes, don't kid yourself. A couple years ago, every kid in this area was a Golden State Warrior fan. And guess what, Platt? The other night when he opened up one of his birthday presents, it was a Stephen Curry All-Star jersey. And tonight he doesn't know it, but he gets a Kyrie jersey. And Platt, no one's buying a Mavericks jersey or a Raptor jersey or a Hornets jersey. The kids ride the hot wave. It's always been that way, and in a couple of years, when the Knickerbockers get back, Platt, that Barrett jersey might come out and it might be off the racks. But great point by you. Well, I think about it like when when we were younger. Not to digress, but like I look in my closet, I have a Joe Montana jersey. I was a I wasn't a Forty Nine er fan, but they obviously were awesome and won the Super Bowls. And I guess it's always existed, right? Like that's what kids do. You're front runners. You like teams that win. I think kids nowadays, because they can watch so many more teams because of all this national coverage that's out there. It's like they're fans of the best team out there and the best players out there. Platt jerseys were huge. Uh, I'll tell you right now, his Christmas presents in the past couple of years, he's got jerseys of Mahomes. He's got jersey. He's got a jersey of uh the quarterback in baltimore his name is slipping me right now the lamar runner. jackson lamar jackson okay yep he's got a lamar jackson jersey he's a giant fan so obviously he's got a 26 barkley jersey because there's no one really else to buy but uh yeah that's the thing i mean i sat in homeroom next to bob bonanno he was wearing a bo jackson jersey number 34 platt and then you know you walk down the hall and somebody's got an Eric Dickerson jersey named Justin Pachoni on the Colts. I mean, you know, my memory's a little sick, but those are accurate. And you're sure so, it's the Colts, not the Rams back then? That's, that's it when was he the lo- Colts. Okay. It, was yeah. white, it, was a, it was a home white jersey, blue number 29. I could picture it right now. And that's called uh, the hot selling jerseys back then. But uh, you're right. To me, he's always a Ram, Mr. Eric Dickerson. So so you but, you went golfing? Did, 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 I saw a scorecard come through our group text, and it, yesterday, I just want to make sure first, it's warm enough. It's, it's warm enough up there to golf? First round out, it was 62. Not only did I beat my dad, I beat him by a couple strokes, and I had a good outing for my first 
first day out uh obviously today plot it's cloudy and rainy and 50 so you can really only take advantage of the weather when it's nice up here but i gotta tell you it was a nice day um we're not getting a nice day for at least three or four days hopefully the weekend's nice but yeah i got out it was probably uh you know the best couple hours i've had in a long time because you're there's nowhere else to go you are outside and i know you're having the greatest time down there because you're outside and it's just it's so underappreciated when you're outside for more than a half hour so to be outside just play nine it was it was really cool so i uh it was a good time well forget about this shitty weather give me a little update on um you know you got about a month left before you come up north what, what's going on down there? Is it still beautiful? Um, how's your game? Are you ready to take us on up here? What's going on? Yeah, the weather's been awesome down here. It's been hot. It's like 88 to 90 degrees every day. I'm not complaining at all. Uh, ton of golf, ton of tennis, just living the, the dream. Pool, beach, working, trying to just fit it all in. But my golf game is pretty good. But you know what's always hard to judge bags is Florida golf is made for like Seventy-year-old guys who you know they have the best short games on the planet. But if you could drive the ball well and you can kind of get around the greens, you can score here. So it's a little misleading. You get up north, you play courses with hard dog legs. You go play hack and sack with T boy, and it's like twenty thousand yards every hole. You're hitting driver three wood, driver five wood. It's it's a different experience. So I'm trying to keep it all in check, knowing that I'm playing well, but it's Florida golf well. Now, is the water coming into play down there when you're talking about, you know, because you're hitting the drive pretty good down there. Um, are you? Do you have to deal with a lot of water? The last couple times I played in Florida, I've used a lot of balls. Yeah, there's certain holes. Like the 18th hole of the course I play, it just sucks. The water, it's like it's like a vacuum pulling me in. I, I literally, I'm I, talking to my father-in-law the other day. I'm like, I might hit a seven iron off the tee hard right and just not even go close. I, I just can't <laughs> deal with it. It's just in my head. You know how certain holes don't set up well for you? That hole doesn't set up well for me. But yeah, dude, this life down here. It's pretty nice. Uh, it's going to be very hard to come back up north, aside from seeing all you guys and being back with my peeps. It's not. Uh, it's not going to be an easy transition. I'm going to be depressed. So you're going to have to help me through it. I hear you, bud. I'm right here. Can't wait to see you and get out on the course. But before I get to the college hoops, just want to tell our audience next next week we'll have a special Masters show because, um, you know, this is probably, um, you know, w before we get to the tournament, I'm I'm really excited for the Masters. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, and, and it's going to be such a different Masters than what you saw in the spring. That's going to be the coolest part. Absolutely. And, you know, with Tiger not in, that's a little bit of a, uh, a dent in the in the whole weekend. But I will say, um, you know, we're slowly getting back to sports with fans. And we'll get to opening day uh, today as well uh, with fans. It's just kind of like the Masters, I feel like, is that springboard to getting back to norm in the sports world and hopefully it just runs right all summer into the fall so i'm looking forward to next week's show but anyway plat we got the madness the madness has been it's been pretty crazy um i do want to touch on a few things speak uh regarding last night michigan gave that game away but i will say that there's gonzaga and baylor and then there's a big cliff Platt, and the spread will tell you that today when they're giving 19 to UCLA or 
uh, I know it's double digits. I think it's around 19. And it's been one of those tournaments, Platt, where there has been some excitement. And I just don't think, and we've talked about this, that the level of talent is nowhere near, I might be stating the obvious, but the level of talent is nowhere near what we've been used to. And the games have not been that good. And even if the score says, you know, 72-70, getting to that that score, Platt, has been a struggle for a lot of teams. They don't look good. It's, there's a, been a lot of sloppy pe- play. So if you have missed a lot of games, you haven't missed much, and there's two teams that you want to really watch this year in this in this final four because there's there's a few pros. You're finally going to get to see some real NBA. There's a freshman guard named Suggs on Gonzaga. That's a lottery pick. There's a guard on Baylor named Mitchell who I've never seen a, a ball defender better than him in my entire life. That's saying a lot. That it's is. just two two really good teams. I have them both in the final. I did have Michigan in the final four. It could have been a good year for the pool. But Platt, the, the level of play has not been good. We've talked about how we can't name a lot of college basketball players. You might have you might have a few stories like Jawan Howard and Beheim and his kid. Uh, you can build on some of that. But as a whole, Platt, the tournament is just pretty much not where it should be. Minus the fans is okay. The fans would have made some of those really Cinderella teams feel even better. They didn't get that. So I, I just I, I give the whole tournament around a C plus as far as good basketball. Yeah, so I've I haven't seen a ton of games. I've been watching sporadically. You know, I've seen a little bit of UCLA. I, I see. I know. Like, what a great story, right? Like, the, their two best players are injured. They were what an eleven seed. They're going to the Final Four. They beat Michigan, who didn't show up. I, I watched the first half of the game last night, and then, you know, I'm in Florida, so you got to be asleep by, like, 1030 here. Um, that's that's considered, like, a crazy late night. So I did pass oh, out. A long 530. Free dessert. I got you. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's early bird special dinners and early nights in bed because the sun's so strong and you're tired from being outdoors all day, which you'll get to experience soon as the weather turns up there. But UCLA is a great story. Gonzaga is exactly who we thought they were going to be, right? Like, they, they seem to be the cream of the crop. And I know it's – I haven't seen Baylor yet. I've heard good things about them. Uh, and, you know, you got a Texas battle between – Baylor and Houston there, but I just haven't had, we talked about it a few previous shows that college basketball has been off the radar for me a little bit. I'm having a hard time getting sucked back in. I'll watch the final four, uh, but it's just been, it's been tough to get into the games. There hasn't been, I don't think there's been a, has there been a buzzer beater this tournament? Um, there was a three to tie a game that went into overtime, but I don't, there's, there's been a couple. I don't, I don't think there was a real big time buzzer beater that, that either sent somebody, on or, or or broke the hearts. I don't think there was a tie of Sydney coast to coast against Missouri in 95. I don't think there's <laughs> anything like that. But I will reference something, Platt, before I get to this. UCLA and Michigan State was a play-in game. When you mentioned 11 seed before, they oh, yeah. weren't even in the field of 64, and they're in the final four. That is a really cool story. And by the way, UCLA finally got it right. Because if you're a college basketball fan, you're always intrigued, or at least I am, when you see the UCLA uniform 
with the 11 titles and John Wooden and the Wizard of Westwood. And, you know, they won it in 95 with the O'Bannon brothers. And, you know, they, they but they fell off the map pretty hard. What I'm proud of is uh, is your conference, the Pac-12, yeah. Platt. I mean, they had legitimately three teams out of the last eight. They had four teams with, with when Colorado was still alive. They had every team when you had nine teams from the Big Ten, the Little Ten, I'm sorry. The Little Ten didn't send – they sent one team to the Sweet 16, zero teams to the Final Four. And I'm just sick of hearing about that conference when, you know, they really can't get it done. But I want to, I want to reference one thing. One of my, one of our friends, Drew Pantello, he called me up uh, during the Gonzaga versus Crate. Okay. Now, when you're an average basketball fan like he is, if you turn on a tournament and you're going to watch it, <clears throat> for the average fan, they need to see a Duke or a Kentucky or if you want to go back, you know, a, a Georgetown, a North Carolina, a UCLA, you know, you need to see that brand name. You know what I mean, Platt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's so he says to me, he's like, I, I'm not. He says, Pearl, like I don't even really want to watch this. Like, what's going on in this tournament? Like Gonzaga, Creighton, can I really get into this? And I'm gonna quote him verbally, plagiarize what he said. He goes, I mean, this is like watching the minor leagues. And he really hit on something that me and you have already discussed. How we can't name these players. Nobody knows who they are. So how can you really promote this tournament or promote college basketball or really get people excited when an average fan who we know our whole lives calls me up and says, you know, well, how do I get into this? Who's Creighton? What state are they in? And Gonzaga, they've been teasing us for 20 years. Are they ever going to really do it? Like, you know what I mean? So that's that's coming from an average fan that doesn't really want to watch the minor leagues, Platt. Like, like it's like me going – I'm a Yankee fan. Like, I don't want to go up to Rockland County and watch some minor league team, even though people tell me, oh, it's fun, you know, it's affordable, bring the kids. I'm like, nah, I have no interest in that. You know, I get, I, I'll call Platt when I want Yankee tickets and I go to the stadium. <laughs> so, so, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's so funny that you said that because my wife is always baffled how whenever any college comes up, that that's D1 mostly, let's be honest, I'll know what state they're in. She's like, how do you know where these colleges are? I'm like, sports, I'd have no idea if I didn't watch and love sports, especially college sports. But she's like, I've never even heard of half of these colleges, especially this year in the tournament. She's like, you know what state they're from, you know their mascot, you know their past, you know who they play. I'm like, yeah, it's it's all sports related. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so glad you brought that up because um, my sister, her son Dylan, is really, really smart for his age and he knows geography really well. So he knows all the capitals of the states going around the country the uh, last time I was with him. And I could only ask him what states I know, okay? Because I want to know if he knows and I want to be able to provide the answer if he doesn't know because he's not going to get everyone. Platt, do you know the states I asked him? I only know Tallahassee, Florida because of FSU. Mm -hmm. I know the capital, Nebraska, because it's Lincoln. (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, I know Texas because it's Austin, the Longhorns. I mean, Platt, I, she's like, how do you know these states? I go, college sports. And it's true. And it's true. As much as it's sad or funny to admit, I know the Capitals based on sports. And this kid knows them based on, you know, elementary school and learning. And that's it's funny that you brought that up. So tell your wife, yeah, we're we're we're, we're sick minded people. But anyway, getting back to the dance, <laughs> getting back to the dance. I mean, you know, there has been a couple cool stories. I mean, we pretty much pegged it with Patino and the Gales. That was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned Bayheim, but um, I don't want to see any upset when it comes to Baylor versus Houston. Okay, I want to see Baylor win because I want to see Baylor play Gonzaga. If UCLA does win, I don't see them even having a chance, but that's why you play the game. But I do have Gonzaga winning it all in two of my pools. One of them is over uh, the Bears. Uh, do you have any preference on who takes this game? Um, do you want Mark Few to finally get over that little hump, or should I should call it a big hump, that probably puts him in the Hall of Fame? Um, this is really big for his program, and they finally have, I think, not only a a full team, but they have a team with depth that does every uh, performs every great aspect of the game. I'm talking defense, cutting without the ball. They move like you've never seen an offense move. They're in sync at all times, and a freshman. I mean, it looks like he's a senior plat. His name is Suggs. You're going to love him, and uh, it's going to be really fun to watch this weekend. I'm going to go Zags over Baylor um, closer than the expert thinks when uh, when it comes down to – actually, I shouldn't say Monday night, Platt, because the final four, what is it, Wednesday today? It's going to be during the week, both games, uh, giving the right amount of rest time. See, that's another thing that's throwing me off the game, the, the schedule yeah. of this tournament. Saturday to Tuesday, second round. I mean, it's yeah. never happened. It's I'm always like, Thursday to Sunday. I'm like, there are games on tonight? That doesn't make sense. But that said, I've never been a fan of a Monday night final, though. Like, why don't they play the final on a Saturday night when everyone's up, when they tip off at 940 or whatever ridiculous time they tip off? I know I sound like an old man, but, like, uh, it's, it's tough for some of these games that are so late. And the NCAA final game, I get it's for college and college kids, but, like, the viewers want to watch it and the games start late. So I've just been thrown off. But to answer your question, I'd like part of me, 50% of me wants to see Gonzaga win it because I think they've had a great season. They have a great team, head coach. They have NBA players to come aboard. But part of me also is like, I don't want to see a team in this day and age go undefeated and run the table because they're they're going to be included in the great team discussion. And it's like, are they really? Like six or seven years ago, if this Gonzaga team was playing in hoops in a tournament, would they be a one seed? Would they be a lock to win it? Like, probably not. So that's the part of me that's like, okay, like maybe I don't want to see them go undefeated. Like, are they as good as UNLV was? Are they as good as those Duke teams back in the day? No shot. But it's a different game now. Yeah, uh, Kenny Smith and Barkley chimed in on that yesterday and the only team that they really agreed on that you could, could compare with the domination factor would be the 90 Rebels. And I, I happen to agree with them. But I think when it comes to uh, this weekend, Platt, I think me and you are on the same page. We don't want to see one blowout and we want to see a great final. Yeah. And, uh, and then just 
dust our hands off plat and move into the nba before we get to opening day which is tomorrow which me and plat are very excited about i want to just chime in on a continuing uh thing that's going on in the nba that's pissing you off but i want to address it before we get to baseball the nets and the lakers made some moves in the past week that not only solidified their teams but pretty much extended and like i said before the cliff between the top team and the next team the nets plat are in a position where they have not only blake griffin who had a great quote in the paper the other day and said why are they getting mad they've been telling me how bad i was the last three years (laughs) (laughs) and and lamarcus aldridge is now a net and two things i came up with is Durant really going to come back? And do we not know a lot about this injury? Because I've heard some people talk about he had this massage thing on his inner quad one night they saw, and the hamstring's not getting better. They said he's definitely not playing this week. Then you got Kyrie Platt taking, uh, taking off for three or four days, going to have his uh, – I think he had a baby or it was his birthday. You know, it's just – it's so funny. But guess what the common denominator is with all this? They win every night still. <laughs> so the only time I saw them lose recently, Platt, was when all three were not playing. So say what you got to say. The mic is yours. Are you still feeling the way you feel about what's going on in the league? Because I know it's it's bother bothering a lot of people. Uh, look, so we're both Knicks fans. I'm a big Knicks fan. I would say this if it were the Knicks. What's going on with the NBA right now is disgusting. It's become, and we talk about this on our group text, and Manny always, who was on the show last week or two weeks ago, always defends that it's a players league now and that, that you know, that revitalized Olympic team with LeBron and all those guys when they discussed they wanted to play together has destroyed, in my opinion, the balance in the NBA. And yes, there are some good teams out there, but if you don't think the Nets and the Lakers are playing in the finals, it's going to take either a serious injury to AD or LeBron or Kevin Durant not coming back for there to be a chance of that happening. And I feel bad for the Sixers because they were on a 10-year rebuild and they're there now and and they're going to have to run into the Nets and that beast of a team that just completely unfair and i know i sent you guys a quote from michael rapaport who's getting a lot of bad press right now and dealing with a lot of shit with durant but rapaport summed it up perfectly in saying that this is going to be the most unachievable most emotionless championship team of the nets win because they've gone through nothing together they're not even going to play half a season together with this entire roster and you have three i think we said this the other week three of the top eight players in the league on the same team and then when you throw the lakers into this mix and those two teams you probably have five of the top eight players in the nba right i mean it's it's ridiculous like we joke that that stern would not have allowed this to happen i don't know that he would have because this has just swung the balance so out of whack that bags in all honesty even if durant doesn't come back the nets are probably still the favorites to win the east think about that yeah that's crazy and you know, if you want to rent players, that's fine. Um, I, I've I, you know, we've seen it done. We've seen how the big three post Olympics they had many private conversations and they got their title. Then you have Durant go to Golden State. He gets his title. To tell you the truth, I, I'm I don't know why, but I, I I have a great memory. I really don't 
remember me really getting into those series because of that. I think the only reason that I'm semi-excited or, or, or I'm really diving into this NBA league is only because of one thing, and that's proximity where I live. That Brooklyn, that Brooklyn arena is not far from where we live. It's all over the papers. We're almost entrenched in it, Platt, and we can't help it. Do you know if those three players, Platt, were playing in Utah or Dallas or even Miami or Minnesota? Platt, I wouldn't even know what was going on because I kind of tuned myself out to the NBA when it was going on, and I kind of – I really don't have like a good picture in my head of watching Durant and Kyrie and Klay Thompson and Draymond. Like I don't remember them like really, really embracing like the whole country as being like this national great story. For some reason, I think it's a little bigger because it's Brooklyn mm-hmm. and because th- these three are so good, Platt, and Kyrie has these fucked up stories where he's – you know, he'll just take a leave of absence from the team. And Harden has this personality. And now Harden's going to win the MVP. And Durant, he's out. Who's playing? Who's not? I feel like it's attracting the national headline because it's New York and because there's so much, um, I, I don't want to say controversy, but there's there's just so many question marks on what the hell's going on with the team. Then you throw in Steve Nash. former two-time MVP. He's never coached in his life, okay? People sit on that fucking bench, Platt, for 20 years sometimes. Patrick Ewing interviewed for job after job after job, 15 years, okay, on a bench trying to get a head coaching job in the NBA. Nobody wants a part of that guy. What he did at Georgetown this year, he had a terrible season, and his team went on a magical run, and he even brought it up at a press conference. They're hiring players with no experience in the NBA. And, you know, you know how sensitive Patrick can get. So I feel like, Platt, maybe it's because we're New York guys and it's dominating our the tri-state area. But I will say this team is really heckling jide when it comes to what's going to happen next. Where's Kyrie? Is he out in Saudi Arabia, you know, doing charity work, or is he playing this week? Or, yeah. Or, or is it his birthday? But, so but bags, uh, I'm getting all, into it. Go ahead. All, all of that said, if this team right. is – if everybody plays, which you fully expect come playoff time, they will, and everybody's healthy, which is a big if, this team on paper might be – I mean, they, they dwarf Miami's – big three back in the day because as good as LeBron Absolutely. was and as good as Dwayne Wade was, Chris Bosh, he was a good forward. He was an all-star forward. He wasn't a top 10 guy in the league. And the Nets have three of the top seven or eight guys in the league on their team. So there is literally no excuse for the Nets not to make and win. I don't care that LeBron's there. I don't care if the Lakers are there with AD and Drummond and all the toys they got. If the Nets don't win this championship, this year is an epic failure in my opinion. And you're not going to be able to keep LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin and these guys around next year with the numbers that are going to be there for Harden and Durant and and Kyrie. So this is I'm mean, not saying they can't win next year or the year after, but this is their year to win. And if they don't win this year, man, as a Nets fan, I don't know what you do. Like, I don't know when your time is, but the league as a whole right now, and I think that you saw it all over social media, 
when when the players are deciding where they want to play and Aldridge wants to go to the Nets and Drummond wants to go to the Lakers and it's just like it's a free-for-all the league needs to take the league back a little bit and they need to have a little bit more of a diversified portfolio of company of companies of teams that are good because this is ridiculous right now with what's going on in the league yeah, Platt, I, I was trying to find a positive out, uh, out of this, and I'm going to bring up um, an example. But I first want to say is when, when you're an old NBA guy or when we grew up in the 80s, some of our some of our big-time players, I mean, Dr. J got his one title, 82, 83. But if you're a guy like, um, let's say, George Gervin, the Iceman, let's say uh, Alex English out in Denver, um there's a few players out there that were just lifers, Platt, and they played for one franchise. And you know what? I'm sure they didn't even think about it or, or, or going to another team and trying to win a ring. Like I just didn't come into their mindset, and it could be for other sports. I'm just keeping with the NBA here. But there's some great all-stars that have never even sniffed the NBA Finals or the Conference Finals. And I wonder what they think right now when they spent 15 years or 12 years with one franchise, you know, like an Alex English. Like, they just, you know, like a Tom Chambers. Like, these guys were just one team and, you know, a Kevin Johnson with Phoenix, and they never thought about it. Even Charles Barkley um, out in Phoenix, he didn't get it done. But you know what he did in one of his last years? He went to Houston to try to win that ring with Clyde and Olajuwon. He didn't get it done. But what I said before, I tried to find a positive out of this. And, I'm, and I have a big question to you. What the, and I don't want to talk about the NFL, but I have to bring this up because a lot of things in sports in the last couple of years have been very contagious, okay? Remember that word. What the Tampa Bay Bucks just did, okay, in orchestrating a, a championship in one year was pretty much amazing, okay? Especially in the NFL. Platt, last week I found out, and I texted you right away, that not only did Brady restructure his contract and free up a bunch of money and, and, and really help his team, that general manager found a way to keep all 22 starters for next year's second run. It is an impossibility 10 years ago that that would happen and all these guys, like they have the right to, would leave with their one ring plat and go get paid. Because that's the bottom line, is supporting your family and getting as much money, especially in the NFL, where your lifespan is very limited, especially at the running back position, maybe six years is the average. Platt, do you think... What Brady's doing, what the Bucks are doing, with veterans coming in, and what the, is going on in the NBA, do you think maybe we will see the players starting to figure out that, you know, we're making so much money that maybe we could find a way to win rings at the same time? Because Tampa Bay, there's no way you could keep all 22 starters with a salary cap in 2021. Well, guess what? It happened. And I'm thinking, if they're doing it, Platt, is it contagious? And do you see this happening in sports more in all sports? Yes, in every sport. Egos aside. 
I think in every sport, you're going to start to see it more. And I, I think the only sport that it maybe doesn't work in, even though there's no salary cap, is baseball because it, it, it you can't have nine home run hitters. You can't have nine all-stars on a team, as nice as that sounds. Yeah, we, we, we know that best. Right. So it's like you can't buy a championship in baseball, but you can buy it in, in these other sports. And I do think you're going to continue to see this. And, you know, maybe the next one is I know Kansas City didn't win this year, but maybe guys just want to go play with Mahomes and they take, you know, the league minimum or whatever it is to get a ring or two. And, you know, Tampa's in a unique situation. And uh, kudos to their GM and what he's been able to work. And not for nothing, like Tampa was never, and Brady obviously changed that. And it'll happen when he leaves too. But camp has never been a market where people are like, I can't wait to go there and play football. Like this would have happened wherever he went. He made a great decision. But if he would have went to the Miami Dolphins, he the Dolphins would have been in the same situation as the Bucks. Like it, it's yeah. just now does the, the does the athlete get more respect for taking less money and trying to win a title, or does the athlete get ridiculed for saying why is he passing up so much money, like? Because if he goes and leaves an opportunity, I'll give you an example. Say, say the top linebacker in the NFL has a chance to go to Tampa or set his family up for life and go play for the Carolina Panthers. Sorry, Manny. That's the best example I could think of. I, I think would, they'd would take you the respect money. they would take the money? Especially if it was just one contract. In the NFL, you really get one shot at one, right? So I think they're going to be judged on, well, does this guy really want to win? Or does he want to get paid? I think what's happening now is you're going to see some of these guys, yes, they have to get paid because they only got one chance on one contract. But they might actually be turning down a chance to ever go to that Super Bowl like so many players like Marino don't have, or so many people don't get a chance to even play in. You're not winning in Carolina for a long time. You're not winning in New York on both teams. You're not going to be winning in San Diego for a while. Do you think that maybe taking this pay cut, and Antonio Brown is not signed with Tampa yet, by the way, which you know he's probably going to, because uh, Brady is just like he's a conductor. He'll just draw you in somehow. But... I think the athlete is starting, you know, 10 years ago, Platt, when we saw somebody walk to get the money, we didn't say a word. But now you're going to see, does he really want to win? Yeah, I think these guys are going to continue. Look, you also got a bunch of players who are in unique positions right now. Antonio Brown hitting the latter part of his career, Gronk latter part of his career. So a lot of those guys, like they're not necessarily the youngest guys who can get the biggest contract. So the situation worked out really well for Tampa, I guess, and how they put that team together. But in, in sports like the NBA, it's a player's league. The players are dictating where they're going to go. They're going to, the, I mean, look, the, the net situation, you got three guys, all three of them are making a boatload of money. I don't know how they figure that out, but and you build a team around that moving forward. But Tampa is like a, a perfect scenario right now as to what they're doing and how they're doing it. And I think this is just going to continue to go. And if you really think about it, Bags, let's go back in our day. This this started a little bit earlier than LeBron. I know that that was unique and it changed the game. But like the Lakers had that team, if you remember, that lost. They had Gary Payton. They had Carl Malone. They had, I don't know if Shaq was on that team. I think Kobe was there. They didn't win a title that year. They had like five guys 
who were all trying to get a ring or at least two or three of them and they didn't get a ring so like these things have happened in the past but not to the level that the players yeah, are, like i said with barkley i mean they give it a yeah. chance he and, had and unfortunately unfortunately they're just so at the end of their you know their their top ability to play that you know if they maybe did it a few years earlier and then it was too late but yeah you're right about the glove i forgot about that the last thing i'm going to say about the nba is that Go ahead. i hate everything that's going on however the league itself if they get a nets lakers finals the ratings will be through the roof for the nba because of oh of the star power that's, that's basically going to be an all-star game but for a championship would you and, agree that there's five, the five mvps on, on the floor Yes, and and the other thing I was going to say, and this is the problem. Has that ever happened? <laughs> no, and and you talked before about contagious, right? And if you don't think that Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic and the rest of the stars in the NBA are going to be watching that final, saying, "Do I want to try to get to the Lakers? Do I want to try to get on this Nets team and take less money?" Is there a way for me to figure out how to do what they're doing and draw people to my team? This is this is the NBA moving forward. They've lost like control. Michael, the wheels are off. Like Michael, like Michael Westbrook, whose wife had to come out and say, you know, all the stuff to Stephen A. Smith, and Michael Westbrook's basically said, "When I made the NBA, I became a champion. I don't have to win a ring." And yeah, I, I give him credit for saying that. But a guy like Westbrook, I don't think he has the camaraderie. Or like the friendships that, you know, LeBron had with Wade and Bosch and True. the friendship and, and the closeness. Like, you, you know, in every league, there's some guys that people just don't get along with. And Westbrook brought on upon himself. But the but the point you just made, it's almost like they got to get like a Lillard. Like they got to invite you in. Right. I think like what, what you said is so, so on and accurate because if Lillard does want to, LeBron could just go up to Genie Bus and say, "We don't like him, sorry." So then that takes the control out of GM and owner. Yeah. And once again, it all goes back to is the last thing I'll say about the NBA: who's running the league? Plat. The players. Exactly, bro. Anyway, <laughs> we got opening day tomorrow. So pumped as usual. It's tough to really think that we're not going to make the playoffs. So before we get into, you know, maybe a World Series play pick, here's our staff this year, Platt. We're going to start with the Yanks, as always. Number one, we got 10,850 fans going to the Bronx tomorrow. I'll give a little clap for that because that's exciting. I know the players are real pumped, Platt. But first conversation has to be about the one thing that me and you always talk about. We can make the playoffs all we want, Platt, but you got to have two starters. I'm hoping one of these guys at, at a Domingo, Herman, Kluber, Jameson, great name, Talion, and Monty. Platt, do you see any of those guys? I know you don't have a crystal ball. Garcia got promoted to the AAA. Very surprised about by, that, by the way, because at the end of last season, he was pitching awesome. And the fact that he got pulled from that playoff game still bothers me. But Platt, um, I know Herman was really good before he, you know, had his run-ins with the law and got suspended. But Garcia, they must have really put a big emphasis on spring training for this fifth spot. Because Herman won it. He's pitching good. But 
Garcia, based on last year, I think should have been in the rotation. But what do you think about the rotation besides Cole? Do you see a number two stepping up? <sighs> By the way, it's 105 tomorrow, Blue Jays at home. It's, and if the weather holds up, because I've been hearing it's going to be rain and cold, so hopefully, fingers crossed. They, it's supposed to be shitty. Yeah, still never understand why they start these games like up in New York on April first when you know the weather is going to be questionable. But that's a whole other topic. So, Platt, don't you always don't you always picture Andy Pettit throwing in the flurries like in the mid nineties, and you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, and it's got to be shock for these guys because they're it's eighty eight degrees for for the three weeks leading up to them going to these other markets, and then all of a sudden it's oh. forty two, and they're they're expected to pitch. And it's really good for the it's really good for the arms too, right? <laughs> yeah, that's why you get so many injuries early on in the season in these cold weather cities. But I don't know that the Yankees have a true number two right now, and and their dilemma all season, as it has been the past few years, is pitching. Do I think the pickups could be good? Kluber's got a shot. The kid they got from Pittsburgh. I know Garrett Cole loves him. He, they think he's going to be he's going to be great. This staff could shape up like the one with with CC and we, you know when they picked up a few guys that year and they won the World Series if they're healthy and they and they get these guys to produce. But they've been hit by the injury bug the past few seasons, and it's going to be the injury bug that they got to stay clear of. And it's going to be the pitching. And they don't have a true number two right now. I am surprised Garcia got demoted. And although Herman pitched well, I, he, he, I don't know. He's not, I, I went to the spring training game the other day, and I know it's spring training, but he's not a dominant pitcher. He's good, but I don't know. It, they still have work to do. That said, I wouldn't want to be going into the season as any other fan base except for the LA Dodgers. So as a Yankee fan, you feel great about where you are. You feel great about the way the American League is right now because let's look at the state of the union here. The Astros are not the Astros anymore. The Red Sox are not the Red Sox anymore. The The Rays lost pitching. Toronto's good and young, but they had a big injury during um, spring training, as did the White Sox, who were good and young. Realistically, there's no team that should even stay on the same level playing field as the Yankees, but they don't play the game on paper. Yeah, and I'm also me and you are not big fans of every year seeing like the Oakland A's thinking like they're gonna you know somehow get over the obstacle. They just never will. Yeah. Um, good. Good luck, Billy Bean. You're you're a good story for about a week. Now, Platt, I, I, my problem is is uh, I said, and I always say to you that when without an established number one, number two, yeah, uh, everybody wants Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling because in a seven game series you're gonna see him. At least twice, sometimes three. So one of these guys, even if they do step up, they have to do it in the postseason. And it's sad, but true. But Platt, I, I have to start talking about October before the season starts because, you know, I'm not saying it's a waste of time, but this lineup, Platt, even with Voigt getting hurt last week, freaking uh, Jay Bruce starts the next day at first base, lines one off the double or lines a double off the wall. It's like, you know, Boone is just, I don't want to say how lucky he is, but he is so fortunate in the past couple of years, but the injuries are out of control. Platt, even with Void at Void out, this is probably our most healthy team we've had coming into spring training, especially with all these huge Paul Bunyan like bodies. We throw up at the plate all from the right side, as you mentioned before, uh, you know, obviously we said DJ was the biggest, biggest re-signing, but it just it really comes down to the staff, and we can talk here all we want. Um, I, you know, I can't wait to watch and and see these guys light up the scoreboard. I will say, 
the most happy thing I heard about this Yankee team this year was how in shape Glaber Torres was. I'm not going to say anything about spring training. It doesn't hold a lot of water for me, but he did have four or five bombs. Guy looks looks like he lost some weight, looks a little trim. Um, I'm excited for him. Um, I, I, was, I wasn't for the Gardner thing, but how could you really dissect this team and come out with anything negative, especially when you just mentioned the teams that that could be potential uh, you know, obstacles going through the division and the league? But like you said, it's really all about putting this team together to beat L.A., isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Dodgers on paper are the best team in baseball again. And the Cy Young's their number three, Platt. That's what I'm talking about. Right, and that 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 is the fundamental difference. The Yankees one through nine is as good as the Dodgers one through nine. It's the pitching Great. that puts the Dodgers over the top, and that's something the Dodgers have always had is great pitching. And and this year, they could be even better than last year. Now, there's a million things that can happen during the season, and that's what you gotta. That's what you don't know. That you know, Kershaw could get hurt. Kluber could get hurt for the Yankees. Like Cole could get injured. There's a million things that happen and that could change the narrative of the season. But on paper, going into this year, the Yankees and the Dodgers are just in a in a class of their own. I love what the Mets have done with the organization, the roster moves, the signings, and they're going to be very competitive and could win the NL East. But the Braves are still the Braves, and they're good. And it's going to be tough for the Mets to overcome that obstacle. But they got to get Lindor figured out. I don't think he's worth the kind of money he's asking for right now. Like, let's have a good year in New York and see. If I'm Steve Cohen, I mean, I'm not giving him $350, $400 million. That's crazy to me. All right, Platt, um, I'm glad you brought up the Mets. I want to transition to them because I have the actual the paper open to that exact article you just mentioned. And hearing uh, – one of my, you know, I love watching the Mets because of Ron Darling and Hernandez. And hearing Darling um, on a podcast recently, he said it's going to cause him a problem if he doesn't sign. Even more so that if he did sign, because there's a lot of people that are out there busting their ass, trying to make their bills, their rent payments, and this guy's turning down three twenty-five. Okay. Platt, I, I I want this guy to sign. I want him to be a Met. I think he's a he's a happy guy. He smiles all all the time. He can hit bombs. He can do everything there is to do. Now, is it a ton of money? Yeah. Is it ours? No. Is it Steve Cohen's money? Yeah. Let him do whatever he wants. However, I think he should have taken this deal, got mm-hmm. it over with, got it over with. Okay. Yeah, they're all high uh, high paying jobs when it comes to this big contract. And I know that Soto's coming up next year and is and Correa's looking for a big deal. But Platt, this is like the biggest contract extension ever. Come on, sign a goddamn deal. You have till tomorrow night when the Mets open up. At, uh, uh, I don't even know who they're playing, but they open up tomorrow night. The Mets have to get this done. And their agent, come on, dude. This is, this is, this is so easy. The Mets are, first of all, they had a great offseason. They don't have the Wilpons in office anymore. Everyone's feeling good, good about the Mets. Um, it's it, it's fun. It's it, it's fun to go into the season, even if you kind of have a shitty team. Platt, there's always a chance you might come out of the gate and win ten straight. That's why opening day is so you know so much fun. There's like everybody's everybody's in first place. You know what I mean? But Lord, God, man, 
Yeah, and then Alonzo, and then Alonzo comes out. Not to interrupt you, but Alonzo comes out. They ask what his thoughts were about him not taking the deal, and and Alonzo says the Amazons should pay Lindor four hundred million. I mean, shut the f up, dude. You want to get paid in a couple of years, Pete? <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of guys like you said who are going to be watching what happens with this contract. You know, you got Judge, you got oh, all these shit. guys who are going to be free agents. So it good it, call. It is a big deal for this guy, but you know, if I'm Steve Cohen, and I know Lindor's got the personality to shine in New York and the game to shine in New York, but he hasn't played a season in New York yet. So take the money. It's a ton of money. Like your guaranteed kids, kids, plot. It's the MLB. Right, your kids, kids, kids are financially set. Like what you're going to hold out for another twenty million, which I know is a ton of money. But when you're talking about the numbers that we're talking about here, it's yeah, obnoxious. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but uh, but but seriously, you bring up you bring up a great point. You mentioned Judge. We have to pay a lot of guys next year or in the next two years. Glaber, Judge. What if Sanchez goes off this year, Platt? We're already paying Cole. If this guy within miles away from the Bronx, gets this kind of money, Cashman is going to be like, oh, shit. Lador yeah. just signed this much money. We got a guy hitting 50 bombs. We're paying Cole $300 million, Stanton close to it. Judge Glaber, you want to keep this team together? And you can't with Lindor money, Platt. There's no way Cashman can lowball Glaber and Judge and a possible Sanchez. Not to mention freaking Geo's having like you know great years. You just paid Lemayhu, so you don't have to worry about him. But you know, all of a sudden, all your money's tied up into like four or five players. Yeah, Luckily, yeah. you got Cole because you're not going to be able to go sign that that big time horse with that you need in your stable. But the fact that you brought up these Mets, this part, this plays a part not only the guys I mentioned, but the guys you mentioned that are close in proximity to this stadium and in the same city could hurt yeah it's gonna be a lot of interesting storylines to watch and i'm pumped for opening day me too buddy well listen uh, next week's show i'm looking forward to it um possible guest masters we'll have our picks ready wednesday or thursday we'll do the show looking forward to it platt as always have a great rest of the sporting weekend and enjoy the final four my man you too buddy